Tell me three, four. Hello. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hello. podcast number eight. Uh, Arnab is back with us. Arnab, say hi to everybody. What's up? And joining the rest of the panel, our usual regular member, Rats. Yo, what's up, eh? And three Lokesh, second time in a row here. Hello, guys. An achievement, I must say. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully he sticks around. Hopefully not. Uh, Arnab, before we get into anything, uh, the reason you were not there for yesterday's, uh, I mean, yesterday's, not yesterday's, last week. Last week's podcast was because you were busy with a certain event that happened. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so I was involved in Zavotsav uh, and more especially uh, Game Jam, the V uh, X Rig conducted alongside everyone else. Uh, yeah, I think it was a gaming event. You know the usual drill. We go there, set up the PCs, let them play games. We had tournaments, we had VR set up, and uh, the response was good in general, I would say. And uh, mm-hmm. we, we got featured in by one uh, radio jockey, very famous one here in Kolkata. But apart from that, that was it. That was the usual drill. But yeah, that's fun. That's nice. Oh, sweet. But Aman is right now at Springfest. Do further continuing this thing. same thing or is it something yeah different? it's it's the same setup over at the over at Springfest as well so um it's uh usually i think there are more dedicated people there over there than uh like game jam but mm-hmm. yeah, the Springfest is nice i wish i could be there but yeah so. you guys are not coming down to alcheringa which hurts me as a former media head that festival but yeah, <laughs> well, oh yeah, yeah I, I, we have an IITN in the house, ladies and gentlemen. We're not getting into that again. Okay, Rats, uh, I, would, yep. I especially wanted to talk to you about this because uh, when we started our first podcast in the new year, yep. uh, we were all talking about a most anticipated game and I had specially yeah. uh, mentioned Sea of Thieves of, as my top three list. Yeah. And you, Rats, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes. So yeah. So uh, so how I got into the so getting into the closed beta, it's like an invite only process. Either you like you know sign up for it and hope for the best that you get it, like you know every other closed beta games, or you could be a part of you know the Sea of Thieves insider. You could be a part of the Sea of Thieves insider program, which is basically this. Uh, like I basically registered for it, thinking like okay maybe I might be lucky. And I was lucky enough to get access to the technical alpha. Now, that was under the NDA period where I couldn't, you know, talk about, oh, like, oh, I got into the game and all that stuff. You know, normal NDA shenanigans. Yeah, I remember, I remember that. I remember that. He was exclusively uh, involved in that. He came, messaged me, and he's like, yo, bro, I got this game, but I can't talk about it. I'm playing it. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was full shady. I was, I, was, I was completely shady and stuff that way. So, but the best thing about Sea of Thieves, right? So I got, and they said since you were a part of the Insider Alpha, I was, uh, you know, I got the access to it. So I just had to use my Insider Hub and just log in and I'm sorted, right? So when I started the and but here's the thing, when I played the Technical Alpha, I was alone, right? I played the game solo. Right. It was fun, you know, to a certain extent, it was fun playing it solo. The game was smooth, it was nice. And then when the close beta came out, I thought, okay, I might have to play solo again. But then there were some people who also got the people I knew who got the closed beta access and what I mean I was streaming it recently one of my viewers he played the game for like a solid I think what six hours before playing with me 
and he actually mm-hmm. got like a good idea of how the game is and he taught me the entire ropes and oh my god it is it is just amazing i don't want to swear but it is just absolutely amazing it was so good like i have no words for that game like see the one the graphics are visually appealing they was like it it was actually caught my eye second Again, uh, i wanted to stop you there because not only does it does it look appealing it it seems very jolly just like what exactly yeah. looks to pubg yeah. it still has that jolly pirate thing that you feel you get from pirates of caribbean exactly, or uh, yeah. the monkey island games exactly right? yeah that and also like another thing is uh, you know the game like you can say you can compare it to blackwick if blackwick is the pubg with the good graphics and stuff uh see if these would be the fortnite and it's actually super fun like there are so many things involved like you have to you know maintain your ship you have to you know raise the anchor it's very realistic like not com- not to a complete extent but the mechanics that you pull off right. is very good and also it's, re- it's- and like there's so much pve content as well as pvp uh, stuff available unfortunately i couldn't you know fight anybody in the pve sector cuz you know it's like i i could really couldn't find anybody to fi- uh you know fight with because again it's closed beta the servers are kind of i mean it's it's a closed beta game you don't know how the servers are going to be like so i really couldn't experience that uh you know pve experience but pve wise holy damn it was good had a good story to it as well you know with the voyages and everything like i had i had an absolute good time playing sea of thieves and i actually so would definitely per- yeah, pick it. i would definitely uh, you know buy that game when it comes out So uh one of the major things that I wanted to know when you said about the realistic and it stuck out to me when I first watched the trailer from 2017 is that you can actually put yourself in a cannon and the other place Yeah I I actually Not very realistic but it was so fun <laughs> No Did but you try doing that Yes uh, so during one of my streams I think uh we had to get to this island which had no beach right okay. so in order to so we didn't want to cause the ship any harm so what we did is he, uh my friend J J Bajaj Like he basically just told me, "Hey, get on this uh, cannon." I'm like, "Okay, what are you going to do?" He's like, "Wait for it." And he just freaking sends me flying across and I'm like, "Oh crap." Like I was <laughs> Like I'm not kidding you. It getting shot from a cannon was the best thing ever. I'm right. not going to lie. And, and then there's this crazy thing. You know, the best part about this is how piratey it makes all the objectives feel. You don't get this uh uh mini map or you don't get the object exactly yeah. you, you got to figure paper, it out yourself it's right, right? yeah it's it's uh, you get an objective map as a paper as a treasure isle uh, something of uh, you know treasure island kind of map and it's all given in terms of a riddle if i'm yeah. not wrong yeah exactly yeah. so it's either a ma- uh, just a map of the island and you have to look at the shape of the map like certain features of the map and figure it out on the world map or it's a riddle mm-hmm. sometimes it could be a mix of both like certain voyages i will ask you to get like multiple treasure chests and you can sell them for various amounts of uh, you know doubloons i mean i think that's the currency right. what they call but it just looks like a gold coin you know right but otherwise it's and, it's a fun uh, game it's it's yeah. a game that you right. would enjoy with your friends if the more friends there are the merrier it becomes yeah the best part is that yeah you have the compass you have the everything everything has to be uh, earned Oh, thing it, it the exactly, exploration yeah. part is definitely there and well it's definitely something we would want to stream with our friends because uh, i can just imagine right i uh, ratul or somebody like uh, somebody else grabs the treasure and somebody else is like going behind him and fighting all these skeletons off i am definitely going to you know blast myself from the cannon and go to an enemy ship 
all those things happening simultaneously at the same time while Trilokesh is getting eaten by a shark. Definitely <laughs> yeah. something we want to watch. Yeah. Also, speak, uh, speak, yeah, speaking of sharks, there are uh, sharks available in the game. I didn't personally encounter any, but I have heard stories where people have encountered sharks, mermaids, and uh, what not. I mean, if monsters like these are there in the close beta, I could expect to see probably the Kraken. Maybe in the That's final right. game, that would be cool. Like Definitely. you know, you're having Definitely a PvP battle with another you crew. You can't have a pirate game without a kraken. Yeah, like imagine you're having a PvP fight with another pirate crew, and all of a sudden, right. boom! <laughs> Freaking kraken comes out of nowhere and takes you both down, and all your treasures go to waste. <laughs> it would be annoying, <laughs> but it'd be cool. It would be cool. It would be cool. Now we move on to uh, next topic, which is sort of a tradition done is in since the start of a podcast. And is a running gag now. Loot boxes, uh, because everybody loves them apparently. Uh, not not quite though. Not quite. Oh, very nice. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was being sarcastic. Relocation. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> For reference. Okay. Uh, so Star Wars Battlefront Two, uh, which has been in the talking for quite a while, for reasons you know. uh initially if you remember they had removed the whole microtransaction system now we had a second bit of news to follow up with that which says that it will address many other issues that people are saying and completely revamp the, the player progression system from the scratch and uh, ea will be sharing more details about these changes in march yeah that's a long time mm, that is a long time yeah. but What exactly do you guys make from this uh, revamping of the pro- player progression system that they're saying? I mean, I want to say publicity stunt. Try and you know they might not do many changes, or they might change the progression way in a, in like a very good way, but they'll have like some counter to it somewhere else in their you know mechanic system that someone will find out later and post on Reddit. Or it could be that they're <laughs> genuinely working on you know fixing the game because it's EA dice. It's not EA. it's the developers right. who are coming here so it could be anything we'll just have to wait till march i know it's like a long wait but sometimes you know you got to wait for good things to come your way anup i'm i'm curious to hear your thoughts especially on this since your long love hate um, relationship with these kind of games uh yeah well thing is again what ratul said i would completely agree to that uh if this is dice is doing then i have hope if this is ea's publicity stunt then i have literally no hope at all they're going to screw it over again and uh, keeping in like you know in contact with how ea games have been in the past with microtransactions or with game development i would keep my hopes up if it's dice not anything right. else completely i mean you could take battlefield 1 and 4 as a ex- uh, prime example yeah 4 yeah, is actually uh, the best uh, example 4 is the best example i think uh, we have covered it in We have in the previous yeah, part. I do not want yeah. to spend too much time on. Yeah, don't worry, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, a, it was just an example. Right. Just an example. Yeah, go right, back right, to our right. previous part. Don't hurt me, daddy, the... please. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. I was just saying, I do not want to spend too much time on this part because we have done so much on this topic. Already. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, if you guys yeah. want to hear about enough our proper enough. opinions, go back to our previous podcast. There's everything there. Yeah, like full fledged rants. Yeah, yeah. Trilakesh, do you have anything to add to this bit? What do you Nothing. think? Do you think the new system <laughs> basically means hey microtransactions are back that'd be awesome maybe it's a yeah huh? i'm <laughs> not hopeful at all i'm not he- hopeful at all every time i'm being hopeful they screw it every time 
but my 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 main uh, question here is is it too little too late are people still into battlefront because despite everything it's still a fun game to play and it's still star wars with the multiplayer the... game yeah but do people care enough now for the ship to be righted can they mm-hmm. recover is the major question i want to focus yeah, okay. if people people hate the the new star wars last jedi they can hopefully love this game too yeah i mean uh, no thing is uh, udit's got a point because if you take no man's sky as a prime example right mm-hmm. and uh, right. they had a bad backlash and then they made a lot of good updates where people are like wow this is pretty good but did they get back their uh, did they get back a good enough player base i don't think they did right so for right. maybe for ea it might be very possible because it's ea like they can market mm-hmm. it pretty well and get it back or do some kind of you know reward system to get more players in but then again uh, it it's kind of hard to say man like because it's it's people you can't read people's minds and expect them to come back to something where you, and they've done and they didn't do just any goof up they did a monumental goof up right they did uh in another news when philopala new uh we uh, talking about great recoveries destiny 2 came back into place and like thrived up beyond all expectations Uh, earned back the trust of its player base and you know just is on the rise and then anna woke up from his dream to the reality one of the many dreams he's had and saw the reality and an article said destiny 2 is not in a good place according to the wall street analyst and his yeah. heart froze yeah anna, <laughs> yeah basically um, have you been having these dreams of sudden uh not exactly but i wish uh, destiny 2 is a bad dream anyway uh, <laughs> just like, let me just uh, like give the concrete thing a uh, recent article uh, covens uh, dark roots he wrote in a note to his clients he's uh, and he analyzed the whole thing from wall street and he said that destiny 2's live service revenue could be potentially disappointing as he predicts a 66 dollar stock value for the publisher which is a 7% drop and he says that the destiny viewership has already decreased uh, averaging around 4000 to 7000 total viewers on a typical friday afternoon as opposed to 14000 to 17000 a year ago which was there for the original destiny but he he blames it for this being a far less engaging experience compared to the original one and with the end game being a neutered experience so i'm not being I, the most- I completely agree to whatever. Uh, yeah. I completely agree to what uh, the analyst said, and it's completely uh, to the point. I would not take anything away from it, just because I agree. End game is pretty boring. It's not even pretty boring. It's very, very, very boring. Like in the sense that there is no end game progression. Like something, end game has to be something you can sink your teeth in and enjoy, and at the same time progress. It's not. Destiny 2's end game progression is basically grind until you get something that is moderately good for your character progression, but you don't enjoy it. Satisfaction, right? Yeah. Without spoiling much, can you like tell me? Uh, is there anything that happens in the story-wise, or what? What's no, lacking? Again, again, they they kind of promised us this great story through the expansion, and since I haven't bought the expansion pass, I saw it on YouTube, but. With whatever lore, like you know, 
idea about the lore and everything I have, what the story told at the end of it was so disappointing and was so mediocre that I'm like, why did I even spend my time on it? So like, yeah, right now, unless uh, like Bungie does something spectacularly fantastic or stupid, like whatever is their policy, Destiny 2 is going to be dead in about six months, pretty much. Not yeah. on not on consoles, might just survive on consoles, but on PC, you need something more substantial to give to PC player base other than like this, uh, I don't know, washed out MMORPG. <laughs> So, I, I, so many people I mean we are, yeah, I just I just don't know what happened that pissed people off. Was there like a villain who just said like hey I'm Bob, I was behind this whole thing and you know what? Uh, just 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 forget about it. And he dies and it's a quick time event or what is it that pissed yeah, people off? Exactly. So like a lot of see I've seen the graphics of Destiny 2. I've seen it on 4K. It looks freaking amazing, but people are still unhappy about this and it actually worries me with the PC gaming audience is that what can please them? What's this? What's the next thing that can please them? Because everything that has come out so far, they've always had a problem with it. There has been... See, really uh, I would I would say like uh, regarding Destiny, it's story content. Like, so you market something. Bungie marketed Destiny to like on PC, like it was nothing, like anything. The marketing was off the charts. All of you have seen it. Right? Exactly, yeah. They were like, oh, were, Destiny yeah. 2 for the PC. It's big. Yeah, there were dedicated trailers and all that hoopla and all of it. Then the story is... I wouldn't say it's bad. It's very, like, mediocre. Like, mm-hmm. there, if if you're going to compete against uh, games like... I don't want to go back to that too. If you're going to compete with games like Witcher 3 and all that, who have already set the bar so high... And you come up with something like this with that much marketing, you create a hype and you fail to meet it. That's what PC gaming has been, like, is becoming, like, <laughs> right now. It's like, you do you say something, you, you fail to execute it, and then you're like, oh, PC gaming market is, uh, meow, 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 they're very niche, and it's not. Our, expect, our expectations are set high. Meet that, right. otherwise don't market it that way. It's as simple as that. True. True. And there, let's talk about one game that had met and exceeded expectations, the one we covered in our last podcast. It was called Fortnite. Oh, which yes. became a huge hit. Uh, unfortunately, though, due to certain huge hits, some things have to be cut off and some sacrifices had to be made. As per Epic Games, whoa. Was it Epic Games? Did yeah, Epic Games. Yeah, yeah, Epic Games. Yeah, Epic Games. Yeah, the Epic Games. Uh, who released a statement yesterday saying that they are shutting down Paragon, and I don't know if I should read out this because it just it just breaks my heart just reading the statement. But I'll read I, it out. Again. It's all right, fam. Yeah. We, we we got you <laughs> here. We got you here. I didn't even play Paragon. It breaks my heart. Okay, we. <laughs> it says, uh, we truly appreciate everything you've put into Paragon. We have received many passionate ideas for where to take the game. The outpouring of thoughtful suggestions is another testament to this incredible community. After careful considerations and many difficult internal debates, we feel there isn't a clear path for us to grow Paragon into a MOBA that retains enough players to be sustainable. We didn't execute well enough to deliver on the promise of Paragon. We have failed you and despite the team's incredibly hard work, we are sorry. And it says that uh, 
the game uh, which is free to play will be shutting down and everybody who has been a part of the game will get a full refund for this uh guys refund refund for it how can, can, full, can i start yeah, yeah. Full, can wait. i start cry yeah. oh yeah. it's okay man i wish i could like, be there in kolkata to pat you back like uh, i've seen a lot of companies make you know statements and like release press releases about these things but this was actually sad like wow and it was yeah, uh, actually a very nicely put and well articulated like you know i would say yeah. um, Said a full-fledged, no. honest admitting that we could not do anything with, with the with this thing, and you know, despite your expectations, we are sorry we could not beat them. Yeah, that was how is, honest it was. Yeah, like wow, that's that's very you, rare. You can tell. You yeah. can actually, by just by reading that, you can tell how sad Epic Games were just to shut down their own game. Like most gaming right. companies of today's age would be like, eh, it's just another game. Fuck that. But these guys were genuinely sad that they had to shut down Paragon, like the entire team. And I actually feel bad. Like I've played a bit of Paragon. I must say it was a very unique MOBA. I have never played any any MOBA like it before, and I enjoyed my time in Paragon. It's just unfortunate what happened. You know, I'm just. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, it just happened. But we also have to say, uh, is it because Epic is also in a position to say something like this? Because. Fortnite became a huge hit. Yeah, I mean they right? right now at 40. They earned a lot of money and they're in a position to repay uh, all the people full fare, which is a great move by the way. Not yeah, exactly. anything away from Epic. True. Uh, most of the other companies though whenever they fail they pretty much are gone. They have no money, they just shut down. Uh more with most of the staff moving to Fortnite. Yeah. Yeah, it, I don't it's know. understandable. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, now Fortnite is their baby right now, and they're gonna have to, yeah. you know, take care of it and make sure it doesn't pull off another Paragon. Also, you know, apparently, uh, Fortnite is gonna be, really, I think they're gonna be giving the game out for free. Like certain features won't, like the uh, whole. Yeah, it's going to be free to play. Like soon. I think like after but, it releases. But what? Wait, it's not free to play right now. No, no, no. It's an early access right now. It's an early access. You can buy it for sixty dollars. Okay. So, It's sort. It's it's a nice move, I would say. But uh, yeah, go ahead, Rahul. Yeah. After you say it, Rahul. Before, before that, Trilokesh, what are you doing there? Um, uh, one. Sorry, sorry. Is the mic problem? Yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. Bop, 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 bop. It's like making my heart go doki doki, man. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, are hey. you all right, Trilokesh? That something. That announcement moved my heart so much. I can literally hear it through the podcast. That doki doki was hundred percent intended. But yeah, as I was saying, Fortnite, yeah. right? So they've made their battle royale free. and they've also got that story mode competitive game right and right. i actually when i was streaming you know fortnite battle royale i actually noticed that they were also giving people the chance to try out the you know they would give people the chance to try out the co-op pve for free but no story content it's just you know mindless cooperative survival waves i mean i haven't tried it out yet so i don't know but when the game comes out for free i mean that how would i mean they're definitely going to have some microtransactions and stuff to make sure they sustain right. that as well hmm Yeah, yeah I think they're going to have like you know seasonal packs and all that things and like you know, maybe like the player base packs. is too large so even though there is nothing microtransaction there it will still sustain it will yeah that's true and they're, yeah, they're looking to huge. make this they are looking they are fully committed into making this the biggest game there is yeah yeah it's like relatively right now it's easily can be called a pubg competition Proper, oh, proper. 
Actually, how many players does PUBG have on India list? Less, uh, less than, less than seven hundred thousand. That's a current. I, mean, I like, don't get it. How how does PUBG have lesser players and still be considered a bigger game? Ah, uh, because it's the first. It's the very. Some some people is uh, for some people it it is realistic enough. Just I, like Armor No, three. I mean uh, it's a, a game with no. The number is I believe the definition of being a bigger game is more people played. Okay, okay. I think Chinese. I would say uh, definition wise, I would say because people like. You know, when they see PUBG, they see the first of its kind, which properly made it to the bigger ones. I see. I maybe because it's already uh, in terms of streaming. I I suppose Fortnite is nowhere close to PUBG. I suppose. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, no, I, I think in terms of uh, you know which is bigger. I think they're not just taking the player base aspect into account. They're taking everything into account from its. Streaming potential. It's uh, spect as a spectator sport for esports. I mean, PUBG's got an esport as well. I mean, it's esports ready, quote unquote. And you know, there's so many things with PUBG that actually makes it like a bigger game than Fortnite. Also, probably because it's got like a lot of backing from other various brands. I think, but um, uh, like I, I keep seeing these videos on the Nvidia GeForce uh, channel, where I think. Uh, Was that like they were just talking about more things with PUBG and how Bluehole or PUBG Corporation is working close with Nvidia to get these uh, features out? So yeah, yeah, you can actually tell that even Nvidia, like all these brands, are helping out uh, PUBG Corporation, thus making it a bigger game. Which explains why uh, Epic would put so much effort in like just making it. Like, yeah, exactly. But like, but like before we. God damn it, like, people! Stop supporting PUBG so that we can have. No, people are saying that like Fortnite is now being the most popular game. Yeah, more popular than PUBG on Twitch and YouTube. I, I don't know. I think the recent yeah yeah the, they're they're, they're saying yeah saying, but actually in terms of streaming yeah, but, PUBG with that's yeah but before yeah. we dive like got sidetracked into that PUBG yeah we got PUBG. we got pretty much yeah, sidetracked. Yeah, I would say I want to raise a bigger question here. All right, uh, okay. this might be me stretching it a bit. But obviously, Epic was going nowhere with Paragon. But are you seeing a shift from MOBA as the popular trend to Battle Royale? Yes, well? that's that's yeah. happening. Like you yeah, could say, you could say gaming that when it, the, the trend started out, it started off with good old platformers on your Atari consoles and whatnot, moving on to FPS with Quake. Then we moved into MOBA. There was like a really good, co- and then it went to MMOs for a brief period of time. You know, with World of Warcraft coming out. And uh, right. just completely redefining that genre of a massively multiplayer online game, and turning it into an RPG. And then you know, right now we are in the era where it's all about that battle royale, baby. Which I'm not, a, I'm yeah. not a fan of, honestly. So I'm waiting for the damn era to end. Get back to the RPG. Fortnite is really good. I mean, see, no, no. Uh, okay, here's the thing about uh, like about sorry, uh, what was that game? Sorry, battles. Paragon. Yeah, but Paragon. What you guys are missing is that uh, Paragon had a system which was okay from the looks of it. I wouldn't say that Mumbai is dying or the or the genre. No, no nobody ever said that. It's just the yeah. Yeah, I don't think the genre is shifting uh, anyway. But uh, thing is that like, I mean, I would say it's the trend whatever, that's shifting. 
Uh, kind of maybe, but you know, it's 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 like it's with music. Okay, there was rock still exists, but there was a time where that was the one that flourished, like during the yeah. So, but in the 80s. regarding if you are going to look at Paragon that way, Paragon tried something new with their card system, which yeah. like I think other games have done before, like Smite or something else. But mm-hmm. Paragon did not actually improve on that. They released new characters and they had a pretty interesting like you know um, mechanic set as well where you could like travel up and down in the world. You can't do that. You can't use verticality as a as a true yeah fact. I mean yeah. I mean I've, I've but, got, even even now there are certain companies that uh, try to experiment with MOBA and FP and you know like for example people say Overwatch is Overwatch and Paladins it is an FPS game but when you say FPS to like the normal person, they're gonna think, "Oh, okay, it's like Call of Duty. You just point, click, and shoot." Whereas yeah. games like Paladins and Overwatch actually involve strategy, where you have to synergize with you know each yeah. champion or hero's Those ability. Those games are live and die by the teamwork, right? If, yeah. if you die, you're pretty much giving a huge advantage it, to the other. Team exactly, and, and, and see, and that's like uh, that's a very innovative thing in you know just redefining the FPS genre. So yes, I mean, right now you wouldn't, I wouldn't call this an error. It would be like a trending moment for this genre of game. I think that would be yeah. the right word because I mean every even now, every now and then people are bringing new games like the you know like MOBA genre but something different like Smite brought exactly. with the exactly. third person MOBAs. Right. Regardless of anything, a classy statement by Epic. Like no, <laughs> this is if anybody has to like shut things down, you, you do you it. You can pretty much it. say it was an Epic statement. Uh, but um, yeah. uh, <laughs> moving on. I just want to ask you guys a question. Uh, who here likes Dragon Ball Z? Who doesn't? I grew up with that show, dude. Like, damn. Yeah. Well, if like you're an Indian even, child and you love to Dragon Ball, we are watching Super, right? Right. Um, yes. Like, clearly, you clearly everybody is a fan in India. But if you're a fan in, in, of Dragon Ball in India, you can just simply go fuck yourself. All right. Wow. Because you hate her. Yeah. Get out of here. Get out. No, this is, not, this is not me saying. This is not me saying. This is pretty much Banda and Abko saying from oh. what I hear. Oh. Because if you just. No, I'm a huge fan of Dragon Ball Z. I love that shit. All right. But <laughs> Banda and Abko apparently does not believe there are enough of those in India. Because if you go to the Steam library and search for Dragon Ball, you will come up with pretty much nothing. As Trilokesh just did. Trilokesh, mm. what did your search result in? <laughs> this is not available in your region. Right. So the Dragon Ball Fighter Z, which I've been <laughs> anticipating greatly because it pretty much looks like the anime turned into a video game. Just what we wanted, just what we wanted from the sequel of a Dragon Ball fighting arcade game since the days of Budokai Tenkaichi 3. But it's not available in India. RIP. 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 Why is that? Uh, Trilokesh, again, why is that? This thing happened with Tekken as well, didn't it? Yes, exactly. It happened with Tekken. There was no pre-order for PS4, Xbox, or PC. It just released and everyone had to buy it away at that same moment. And, and this was in India, right? Before India. Yeah. This was specifically in India. That That's kind of shitty, man, if you ask. Because, you know, people, I know people want that uh, pre-order bonus to get the cool skin or cool DLC access and stuff because see we are indians we'd rather pre-order and get access to everything else instead of you know waiting to buy like the whole thing later on like i know i would right. see if, if i if i love a game so much i wouldn't buy sp- uh, spend money separately on dlc i'd rather pre-order that shit if it gave me that dlc opportunity 
Exactly. Uh, you get premium. You get like a premium feel for pre-ordering stuff. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. feel like, oh yes, finally, all that work in the office nine to six job actually pays off. Ah, I can sit at home and play. And then you know, yeah. ES Star Wars says that, hey, you have to grind eighty hours for more. Sorry, I just had to. <laughs> I just, I just had to say that. I had to say. That. <laughs> Yeah, all that nine to five work, and now I can get a skimpy bikini outfit for imagine girlfriend. Hell totally yes, worth it. Worth it. Yeah. That that yeah. that that went off on a tangent, but okay, you guys did hear that, and yep. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Other, I didn't hear your thought. Um, I honestly can't say anything because uh, I don't think like even though I love Dragon Ball uh, and the series and everything. I am not a big fan of like you know fighting games or anything, so uh, not my genre, first of okay. all. Okay. And mm-hmm. uh, that was it. Like, if if I get a chance to play it, like properly learn it, I might pick it up. But mm-hmm. since uh, Bamco has said, uh, "Fuck your couch," and like, yeah, I have only one couch, so I can't do anything. So why do you think this is happening? Though, why is India still not being such a market? For games like to be published with pre-orders, I don't. I'm not. I'm not able to wrap my head around this, to be honest. I think uh, part of it, kind of, um, like I can attribute certain parts of it to the regional pricing and everything. I don't think like if they re- price it like that, like you know, regional pricing and everything, if it uh, affects games like this, what happens? Mm. AAA games get jacked up to like 3.6k, 4k. Can't exploit. Like there are people who would buy it for 3.6k, 4k, that kind of pricing, or even 6k at times. <coughs> uh, hmm. Not uh, you can't. <laughs> not pointing at myself. <laughs> <laughs> but but <laughs> you can't expect everyone from this economy to randomly shift from 900, like a thousand buck game by like a person who used to buy games for thousand bucks. You can't just expect that person to like all of a sudden go up to like 3.6k. Mark that mm-hmm. that takes time. Right. So this is the transition phase uh, of the regional pricing thing. I think it is. This is I think like people who are into this, like uh, Aman and all of them who have focused on regional pricing and how it affects, they might be able to tell you guys more about this. But this is my thing. This is the transition phase. This after like a after a year or two by 2020 we can expect proper regional prices <laughs> <laughs> yeah. expected that that's a dead meme like you know the way that's but you said 2020 anyway. you mentioned 2020 uh, stop was it intentional get on it with, was intentional get on with the meme times you normie <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, coming back to the point yes it's a transition phase and uh, by 2020 Can expect proper like saturated a game a game market so saturated that the prices doesn't affect us. Okay, regional pricing. This is a this is a, something I'll keep in mind about it. Then make us on the podcast if he if he is so busy with events all. Okay, Spring Fest. Uh, moving on to yeah, the next I topic, Microsoft finally trying to get back into the game. Hell yes. Has Yes, has we were talking about this last time in the podcast. What can Microsoft do to get back into the game? And there were right? also rumors that they were, you know, utilizing the new Xbox like loot boxes. I mean, that's what it was called. Like, th- I mean, that was right. what we discussed last week as well. Yes, right, yes. right. And we we thought they might have to pull a like a great trick to get people back, and apparently they did. Where the 
Pinto Pass, which uh, just to put it very lightly, is pretty much like a Netflix subscription where you just buy a subscription for around ten dollars, and you have all the games available. You can just play them at any time. And what separates it from other traditional PSN, PS Plus, and probably even the Xbox Gold, I believe, is all the games. Yeah, the access of all the games, like all the exclusives that release and are going to release, will be available on the Game Pass at day one, and they will, if I'm not wrong, they will stay in your library forever. They're not going to disappear or something. No, if you under until and unless uh, Xbox Game Pass doesn't expire. Obviously, that makes sense. I mean, it'll be there yeah. in your library after you've downloaded the game. You just have to, in order yes. to play it, you need the. It's like EA's yeah, origin, uh, origin access. Yeah, yeah, on that. Yes, yeah. I think that would be so, the best comparison. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. So I want your guys' thoughts on what this could be and lead for these because they by doing this, especially what what has me most interested is the fact that all games are going to be available at day one, which makes which makes pretty much Microsoft wants to eliminate the middleman, which is the retailer, by doing this. Is what I'm thinking. Does anyone buy games like game discs? I do. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I think console players. To be honest, to be honest, yeah, all, the, all, of, all the console gamers, most it's a heavily skewed. Still, people, a lot of them buy the discs. It's 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 a thing for console gamers. I don't know. It's not a big thing, to be honest. You no, can I still... mean, if I'm not wrong, if I'm not wrong, by the stats, it's. Uh, 44% is still in digital and still majority is still people buying the disc because most of the people out there are collectors to location if you if yeah you yeah, yeah that's true wrong. that's true that's yes true. that's a huge thing like they want I specifically huge thing for uh, you know the steel casing I got yes. I got steel casing for all the thing I got a steel casing for the last guardian I got a steel casing for near automata I got a steel casing for persona 5 I'm I love those so that is still a thing. I'm just saying. Uh, what I'm saying is, well, we know that the huge hike in pricing of the games is probably due to retailers taking a huge cut from this uh, separately. Even though it's on, uh, if it's on online, the rates are a bit different. Also, like 3.5k right. is it's around right. the same thing if you buy it from retails. Doesn't matter that. But yeah, yeah if you I... buy it from buy the Game Pass for Xbox. You get the you get it on the Windows 10 PC also, so that's a plus. Right, that's a plus point, and it eliminates every uh, all the competition when it comes to that, and uh, it's a direct conversation between the player and Microsoft when it comes yeah. to that. Is what I'm saying. That's so, true. Anup, rats. Uh, what yeah. do you think this is? Uh, what do you think of this power play by Microsoft, and what do you think it mean for gaming in general? Do you see Sony and uh, Nintendo like? Probably they. I mean, I, I maybe not Nintendo, but I know Sony might try to compete with. Might try to compete. Then again, I, I don't really know what are these companies' plans and stuff like that. So I would say that you know Xbox is doing good move. You know, giving people access for just paying ten bucks. It's something what uh, most I think like what Origin brought on first with Origin Access, which is mm-hmm. a pretty good thing if you ask me. So I mean, yeah, I mean it's 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 a. It's actually a good thing, and even I can, you know, I'm, see, I'm a kind of person cannot always spend four grand, three grand, four grand on games, right? And right. because I won't play that game extensively, maybe Sea of Thieves, because you know it is a multiplayer game, you have replayability value in that. But there are certain single-player games in the Microsoft Store 
which doesn't have that level of replayability value just play it for the story and you're done right so you know i want to bring up i really want to spend a little bit of time on this topic because i believe there's a lot of ground to cover uh again most of microsoft's games have this games as a service thing going on where it's not just the initial purchase which is the end deal the game itself has a lot of microtransactions inside it's an online experience like halo you, you see a lot of multiplayer yes. games right where it would make sense to have it a wide uh, put it out at a wider access for a lower price for the belief that people will be spending more in game later on right yeah uh, mm-hmm. so i believe sony and nintendo don't have games like that so sony's exclusives mostly are heavily single player experiences like uncharted uh persona 5 i believe it does have dlcs but they're mostly cosmetics that you see it in single player i don't see it having it does not have a multiplayer thing where you can obviously keep buying dlcs for your own liking throughout the game for a long period of time most of sony's games are like that and nintendo of course is its own beast which it it does not even reduce the price of its games i believe nintendo yeah. so i don't see the uh, the thing doing that much in the in that field i don't see nintendo and sony benefiting it that much what i really am worried about is and i don't even know if it's worrying in in a, in a way is when you get this turn dollar subscription kind of fees uh yeah. is it also affecting by how games will be made in terms of future where you know we well you know the your purchases where your game is going to be purchased for full price but if many people pick this up micro more people will be moving forward towards games as a service kind of thing i don't know what do you think about this i think we have to look at this in a two pronged way since microsoft this access kind of leads like you know since microsoft has taken the decision of bringing everything in a single place by that i mean the console and the pc uh, like i say would say uh, game inventory in the same place uh, through play store it's kind of like you have to look at it in two different aspects there is also uh, the console part where i think their only competition is sony and i don't think sony will be uh, in any way interested in this whatsoever sony has its own thing going for it which is like their own huge and impressive list of exclusives and uh, games Sony has nothing to worry from Microsoft at this point. Period. There yeah, is no not, com- it's not it's not a thing about worry. Things. What I'm saying is, uh, do you think this might be just uh, not as a thing, but uh, do, does this indicate something that might be picked down by few in future by many other things? Uh, like maybe maybe when Sony's uh, inventory starts to stagnate a bit uh, during mm-hmm. the end of PS4's uh, like I would say run. since mm-hmm. obviously there is going to be an upgrade of ps4 yeah uh right. then uh, coming back to the point of pc the only direct competition i can see is origin access and uh, right. origin access despite being a very good thing the flaw of origin access is basically it's mediocre games and the how the and the way ea has been handling its um, you know hype and everything like right EA's marketing for a lack of better terms is stupid when you're making games that are so mediocre and so bad and you're pretty much shooting yourself in the foot when you do stupid thing like ridiculous microtransactions you can't expect people to come back to you and uh, you know 
play your games or anything you have to give right. them something you have to give them an incentive so um, if xbox yeah, can yeah if microsoft can capitalize on this i would say they can do something but again microsoft's inventory is not good as well so yeah well this kind of saves them from the from the whole it's kind of shadows the lack yeah, it, of impressive yeah, it, games that they have on the yeah exactly their... it kind of like tells them okay get like you know try to get cool i, yeah, I mean yeah it's like it's like okay fine cool. we don't have 10 dollars <laughs> it's kind of like that pretty much uh, but what i'm uh, I, i really want the second part to be focused on here which says from if imagine hypothetically this thing picks up do you see developers more moving to this law of games because they know their games will be sold at as a bundle together in this netflix sort of package yeah. they will more focus on less on content more on the microtransactions inside the game later on do you see more games like moving towards this i hope not new players already already been implanting uh, doing that right in the anniversary period they offered many good games like not good games but good uh, games like crew and assassin's creed 3 there are mi- micro transactions in, inside them as well yeah but um, especially microsoft's latest again we've already covered this there yeah, yeah, this yeah. use of micro transactions especially in games like forza is something i do not want to uh, happen but anyway uh i yeah, uh, just saying that a uh, powerful like very interesting move by microsoft nonetheless uh we'll see where it goes we'll see where it goes and how long the, that sticks up but i'm interested to see i hope I, i do hope xbox gets back in the game like i said the last time uh yeah, moving need, on you need competition yeah. in the market you do need competition uh moving on to uh well there are many ways to you know be competitive and nintendo certainly has its own way of doing things if you guys have watched oh i've se- i've seen it holy crap i have seen this this is amazing nintendo labo labo i don't know how to pronounce it labo uh, it's basically a piece of cardboard which uh, costs you 80 dollars i'm not i'm not doing a good job of uh, demonstrating this uh, selling this thing to you but imagine uh, your own sand castle when you were a kid making your own imaginary land Uh, anything shaping your uh, your ima- into this objects that are around you building your lego stuff imagine that being on steroids with games like zelda with games with racing games with mario kart with all this uh guys have you all watched the trailer for uh, uh, i've uh, seen it i've i've yeah, seen yeah, yeah, yeah. i saw it and the first thing that was on my mind was like holy damn it's like those you know those years when i was a kid playing with those branches and sticks thinking i was a swordsman or some archer or something like that finally can come true like but in the form of a game but yeah you you get what i mean it's actually pretty cool and i'm actually excited for it releasing your inner child uh anup uh, i i'm really looking forward to your reaction on this uh, see here's the thing like i always respect the japanese people for their creativity and always leave the, always leave it to the japanese to find out your shit this is the pinnacle like i get their point they wanted to do something regarding lego and like you know they wanted to capitalize on their switch market and i think with their aspect of creativity i'm very interested i i did not like when i started to when i started the trailer 
I did not imagine myself I would enjoy this. Like when I remember were, when I shared it on Facebook, I was like, "Nintendo is on some weird shit." I just yeah, Nintendo is on some weird shit, and I'm like, Dude, "Check this out." Dude, it's so yeah. cool, though. Yeah, I, I was, I was kind of like hoping, like, okay, what the fuck can they do? And I'm like, at the end of it, I'm like, uh, I am. Can you, can you guys, uh, like, give a more visual description to the audience as to what you saw? <laughs> so that they get an idea of what's happening. So, I don't think they're falling. Uh, Nobody is falling. All right. So, so, so if I if I were to give a visual description, okay, let's take this particular game we're playing, Race the Sun, right? Now I'm go- I'm just going to change the camera for the peeps so that they can see it in first person. Now let's say I am wearing something on my head, like a VR headset, but it's cardboard. It's in cardboard, and I am racing through this with the turns and everything. You know, I'm actually moving my head left, right, just to turn. You know, it kind of gives it like that semi VR experience, but cardboard and on the switch, which is pretty cool. Make basically puts you into the game and increases that level of immersion to it. Yeah, like even then, uh, I that's that's the VR part. But imagine, like you see the house. Oh yeah, the uh, house. Into the, when you load into the uh, game, like I'm saying, raise the sun. When you load into the game, there's a house, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, imagine that house housing your switch. Uh, I think it's the tablet. Yes. The, right. ha- the screen, uh, the screen would serve as a wall of the house, like let's say the entrance of the house, and uh, you will have a. I would say this. You can probably make a replica of this uh, plane sort of thingy that's racing. You can have your switch. Uh, what's that called? Like the two ports. Like I, I don't know. What joypads. Yeah, the two, the two stick pads. Joypad. Joypad. Yeah, the joypads. Yeah. The joypads. Uh, they can serve Joy-Con, as your. Sorry, joycons. Yeah, anything. Yeah, that's called, those yeah, two yeah, yeah. can serve as your wings and like. The possibilities are endless. Right, I remember I that saw. for the race games, they made that the accelerator. Yeah, exactly. Oh, accelerator. So that was, that They're was using the... that IR, IR emitter in the Joy-Con available. Yeah, you remember right. that there's an IR yeah. emitter. They're using that and the vibration controller in the left Joy-Con. Oh, so, yeah. really? I didn't know that. Oh. No, yeah, oh. there was. If you uh, if you played uh, the Switch on the this thing, uh, Zelda on the Switch. Sorry. If you play right. the Zelda Breath of the Wild, there's yeah, a did, part you have to you you have to sing. Yeah, you can. Oh have yeah, to sing. yeah, I know what you're talking. And about. also, yes. also where you have you can use that uh, Joy-Con to drink water, and there is an HD vibration. There's a thing called. Have you heard it? I don't know. You didn't hear? Okay, so there. If you drink water in like Legend of Zelda, uh, Breath of the Wild, anything, there's a vibration going on in your one Joy-Con. There's an HD vibration. There's a uh, there's a sensor, and another one there is a uh, IR emitter for okay. movements and stuff. Oh, so wow. you uh, for using them, you uh, you are building this cardboard thing, Legos, and you are basically immersing immersing yourself into the game. That's really cool. Using that's that. pretty cool. But uh, uh, the inner child in me is very excited. Still have to yeah, but, bring the but the thing in. is that their price. I will. Uh, yeah, no, I will have to say. Yeah, I mean. It is still a cardboard piece of cardboard that costs yeah. you eighty dollars. Eighty dollars. You know, best of yes. luck for being a child and asking your dad to, you know, just give you eighty dollars for cardboard. I don't know how that's gonna go well with people. Uh, I mean, they might. How sturdy is it as well? Problem. How how yeah. easily does it get crushed? Like uh, uh, these are questions that are landing in my mind. I mean, yeah, it's especially for you. You'll crush it in any time. 
what what does that even mean okay yeah. uh, i mean oh. dude if it's an accelerator pad i don't know if i just pushed my pedal in and it's gone it's kaput gone what then like do i spend 80 dollars again or will i get a replacement what happens it's there's so the many kids. questions when it comes to that yeah for the kids i mean that that's the problem it's for the kids you never know when they're going to break it uh, but nintendo's fan base is literally based on uh 30 year old man kids <laughs> like me i'm not 30 year old i'm not even close but i'm just saying yeah you're old as fuck i'm a man child i'm, I'm, I'm yes i'm a man child i'm year old hey all of us man child 85 kg man child hey we're not right? and i'm I hey, will crush that yeah, thing. Hey, yeah. we're not man childs, okay? We just love the game and we play it. We're not man childs. We are childs, the kids, children. Wait, what did I just say? Childs? Damn, my bad. I agree. I, I agree no that I'm a man child. You're a child. You're not a man. Yeah, you're a child. You're a child with a mustache plastered over. That's that's so home. That's so home. Besides, uh, dude. Uh, so what I wanted to say again, but so far, uh. Nintendo has done some bonkers stuff with Switch, and somehow it has all worked out for them. I have no idea how. All right, uh, here's hoping this just might work out for them as well. I hope so. I really, really like what I saw. I don't know what on when they were doing this, but I really, really like it, and I want more. Right? Yeah, it was like me watching really... porn for the first time. It was like me watching porn for the first time. I don't know what I was watching. It's really <laughs> interesting though, and I want, I want to see where that goes. Rip. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about Xbox and we've talked we've talked about Xbox doing their thing with the transactions and whatever the subscriptions we've talked about Nintendo doing the crazy stuff and we're talking about now Sony what Sony does best video games all right God of War was a game we knew was going to come in early part of 2018 but surprisingly we've not it's a game we've not heard a lot about we've not had many trailers for the game right yeah uh But what I appreciate is how much they put in every little bit of trailer that they give out. And this week we had the latest trailer, and oh my God, so much story going on in there. Yeah, you guys checked it out. I I saw that trailer. Like the yes. moment you shared it yeah, with everybody, everybody, like I just right. saw it and I was like, whoa, okay, this is pretty cool. Like the cool part was is that one, it follows his son's journey, and two, the it shows storytelling. Yeah, from yeah. the storytelling, it follows yeah, story, his, yeah. his son's uh, journey. into you know this in, in his son's life or what not and the thing that i'm most interested about was how he's trying to prevent his son from following his mistakes you know what right. he did in the first few games you know killing gods and all that stuff he's trying to prevent his son from entering that dark path and there are people you know yeah go go on go on go on yeah i mean it's it's Thank basically you. it's like you know parenting 101 Like and it's actually a pretty funny thing to see. You know, you never expect a guy like Kratos, yeah, you know, the man known as the god of war, slaying mythical beasts, uh, demons, all that. You know, raising a kid. Zeus. Yeah, you don't expect to see a guy like him raising a kid. So I'm right. actually this is pretty fun if you ask me. So I'm actually yeah, but, uh, but let, me, let me go so. forward with the trailer as it did chronologically. I mean, for the first time, we see the mother. Well, not much. She's dead, and we see the body. All right, and it's been cremated. Okay. Yeah. And you see uh, that his mother made a bow for the kid, which was clearly too big for him, and said to him that he'd grow into it eventually. All right. Pretty much already an emotional attachment being 
there all right Paid and then you finally yeah and then you finally say uh kratos comes up to the woman and says find your way home and wherever you are you all right clearly you see that kratos has this relationship whatever is kratos has been in this place for quite a while all right and then the major story element comes in the form of taking the mother's ashes to the highest realms which was her last wish this is basically the whole journey for the game setting up the whole journey all right yeah. it's great how you see all this happening in the trailer all right yeah. just giving you all this tidbits by giving you so little and then you see a little bit of you i think very rare for god of war with the tree saying that you have to chop me off and oh yeah yeah the, yeah <laughs> so a lot of good things being there and finally the most interesting thing is the responsibilities of being a god which is the first time i've heard kratos saying that ever in the history of ever saying there are responsibilities of being a god really <laughs> <laughs> after you killed every single god that was at on the page and of the Greek one who waged war against the greece right the greece right war. yeah uh, that shows yeah, yeah, you, know, you, you he, that that yes. shows he has remorse in what he has done like he, he pretty much he yes. knows are you he, trying to, are you trying to say that Wait, what? Wait, what? Kind are of... you trying to are you trying to say that he is uh, showing human emotions? What? Yes, pretty much. He, he is showing human emotions, but he still wants himself to be more than human, which he does say in the trailer. And he says, as a person who's more than human, he needs to have responsibilities that are more than human. Uh, but I want to focus on this thing. just how visually different this looks from the past god of war games which have been exactly. pretty grimy uh very very like rusted and very dark and brooding now yes. this, while i do think this will still have the same darkness there's a lot of levity it's a lot of bright colors there the visuals are very appealing to the eye and it's colorful there's a huge taste yeah it's yeah, very kind of like the beautiful. like what's the game i forgot for frozen wilds the horizon right, zero right 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 horizon especially the part where you see all the i don't know what were these ghosts that were coming towards him like this they were in this whole assembly they walked towards kratos I, i'm not sure who they were but just that visual imagery of this is wonderful and of course there's that cheeky part where the kid says uh where this whole mob huge monster comes and the kid looks at kratos and he says can you kill something that big and kratos slowly turns towards him and like son just watch <laughs> yeah that little nod that uh, that says this kratos is still the kratos we know and love amazing yeah, yeah. you guys notice the part where i think the bindings on kratos's hand start to come off and oh yeah yeah he had these blade, the blades of chaos yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, that was that is such a good nod to all these previous things and how his life has shaped up to this point. Like that was. I mean, yeah, this is what I'm saying. This, if you have to make trailers, make it like this. Such, uh, I mean, not we, uh, not a lot of yeah. details released, but every little second counts. Like if you just go back and watch it, story beats, the visual nods, the Easter eggs, it's all there. I'm pretty sure somebody's already making a 30-40 minute analysis of the yeah, video. Yeah. Just, I think I think I think it's already out. I think it's probably yeah, it's out. We just have to search. Yeah, exactly. It's already out. I think uh, really say that the trailer was like you know. I think the trailer wasn't wasted. 
Yeah, it's it's no no wasted moment. It's just everything counts. That's valuable. Like it, it's followed after the God of War three exactly as as it left. No, it, there's a bit of time period. You can tell it. Yeah, yeah, but still, you can actually sense it that the these things happen after it, and you know the blades, uh, the blades of chaos have been. Right. Going Without anybody uh, like straight up telling and ex- giving an yes, exposition yes, yes. as to what uh, there's that bit of uh, there's another bit of thing in the trailer where the girl where one person speaks to him. You are definitely not a man. You're a god, but you're not from this place. And when uh, this guy says, which is a very interesting thing, is like there are consequences to killing a god. And yeah. the kid just shouts like, "How do you know? How do you know?" He just yeah, and then and then Kratos goes full dead silence. It. Yeah, Kratos yeah. goes full silent. He doesn't want to tell his kid about his dark past. Also about that, like I think the uh, woman Kratos married was like a human. I'm hoping it was not. Well, after yeah, um, Ar- after the first three games, he probably does not want anything to do. Also, Arnab, yeah, your voice is kind of low. So uh, yeah, that's much better. Yeah, properly? that's much better. Yeah. So uh, if like I'm guessing it was a human, so. Now he, the child is a demigod, so right. That was one of the part of the trailers that they focused on. Like there was like a certain destiny attached to that child or something. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, that yeah, demigod yeah, yeah. is supposed to do like, something. Like yeah, you will bring destruction and you uh, create it. Yeah. So like with with whatever we have seen in the Greek mythology and everything, demigods like children of Zeus, the heroes. Demigods. Yeah. Like. Children of the like fathers. demigods, they are basically heroes and everything. But here, it's sort of like a very dark destruction, and there's I don't know. There is something like part of me says they're going oh, to try yeah, something. Oh yeah, yeah. You bring this thing about Greek tragedy of every hero having a terrible ending, right? Yes. 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 What and if, again, again. But my mind says what? Like I'm going off on a tangent. I'm. Pretty much like. Oh no! Feel free to go off on a tangent. Feel free. Like, feel free. I am reaching out to the next level. What if Kratos, like at the end, you see Kratos' son going berserk or something, like bringing the destruction? Kratos has to. Kratos has to basically. Bringing Ragnarok. Kratos has to bring his child down. Right. Will that, oh, and again, oh, that will that will it. probably fulfill his Greek tragedy part. Like you said. Oh my God! But oh, again, that I will so, pretty I'm much. I'm so loving the idea, but at the same time, I, that to happen for some reason, it'll it'll crush me if that happens. Yeah. It's like that's yeah. that will be pretty much the uh, like it will be a complete cycle for Kratos. Oh God! Oh, that would yeah. From also, having a also, family Kratos taken Kratos away, having yeah. a family and again taken. No, no, also, makes Kratos can die. Because, yeah, Kratos is he's pretty much doomed to live forever. Uh, it makes because it's it pretty much makes you see why Kratos tells him that there are responsibilities of killing a god. There are consequences to killing a god. He says that, so yeah. he pretty much does not want the boy. At first, we thought like we did not want the boy to uh, footsteps because of what he has ha- been through. But there might be greater things at play here. Now that you bring that up, I like, mean, it's very interesting. Let's let's look yeah. at the, let's look at the pantheon we are dealing. With. Have Odin, right? The, the guy who sees everything, right? You the have Loki. The you have Loki. Is, yeah. Like, he's always Loki there, but yeah. Like the possibility. It'd be awesome if they got Tom Hiddleston to just like 
<laughs> voice the character. Yeah, you know, that, that'd be pretty cool, yeah. And they have Synthwave playing in the background. <laughs> oh, please, stop it with your Synthwave, okay? I mean, it's good. It's, it's, it's good for certain things in the modern era, not for Greek mythology, please. Dude, Thor Ragnarok had Synthwave, okay? So, fuck you. Oh, really? It did? I'm just saying. I haven't... Yes. I have not seen the movie. <laughs> That's why... What do you think? I've been saying that Thor Ragnarok had... Damn, okay. What have you yeah. been doing? But I, anyway, uh, yeah, we're, we've gone way tangent now. Yeah, yeah, let's get back. No, 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 no. There is one part that I want to notice is that uh, there were talks of uh, exploring more pantheons in the future. Right. If, if, and I'm saying if, this is another trilogy. Will I don't, Kratos, I don't see how this will not be a trilogy, man. They, they yeah, lost my will, will yeah. Kratos keep on like going about his business regarding how his tragedy comes? Because I don't think I can live through that like all the time. Like holy shit! Like I'll, I don't know. I'll right? start trying at probably yeah, Japanese mythology or anything. That'll just be like breaking me consequently with breaking your heart. The Egyptian edition, breaking your heart. The Indian edi- edition, <laughs> breaking your heart. The Japanese edition where he meets Amaterasu or something. And Sapuku. yeah, breaking your breaking your heart. The Japanese edition now featuring. Da- <laughs> Does anybody get that reference? Does it no? Yeah. Just me. Uh, there was this game called Shin Megami Tensei, which oh my god, shoot off. Yeah, holy yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is a demon hunting thing based on the Japanese mythology, and it has uh, Dante as a special character in that game because the creator also made the design for Dante in Devil May Cry. So when you said God of War, I just made that up. That that was a cool reference. I I thought. So Never cool mind. Yeah, basically getting back to the point, no wasted uh, thing in the trailer. <laughs> Wonderful trailer. Coming in April 20th, can't be more excited about it, right? Uh, now we move on to something. Now that I, oh, it's funny how it translates so well. Now that the fact that I brought in Persona, uh, let me just say it clearly. Uh, Persona is a spin-off of Shin Megami Tensei, which was the overarching franchise, which was a spin-off of Megami Tensei, which was this original franchise based on a book. It's very dark, very, 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 very grimy, based on the mythologies, all these gods. It's all very sad and everybody dies and the world goes to shit and everything. Basically, and everything is a remix. Yeah, everything is a, a remix kind of thing. And if you watch Devilman, Megami Tensei was heavily inspired from that. So if you, if you know what Devilman goes for, Megami Tensei is basically more of that, which got the spin-off with Shin Megami Tensei. Then they made a thing about high school, which became Persona, and Persona became more famous than all of that. Then they made their own dancing games, and the spin-offs kept going from there. All right? So Atlas, apparently, as a rumor, is working on a high-end action game for the PS4. Meanwhile... They have also uh, made uh, put up a survey as to what they would want the fans from the fans, what they would like. All right, would they like a Persona Six on PC? Would they like the past Persona games to be remastered for other platforms? PC, PC, would they want PC. other games for Shin Megami Tensei to be put on this? Every and everything. We know that this game is not okay. What just happened? There? We know that this game is not the Catherine that they've been making because it's high-end action and it's definitely not the fantasy project that they're also working it's something completely different but any guys have any thoughts on this well i mean after you hyped up persona 5 and have you know, showed me some of the soundtracks 
I would like a Persona five, uh, six on the PC or just like one standalone PC exclusive Persona game. I mean, I know that's not going to mm-hmm. happen. I know for a fact that's not going to happen. But a PC game for Persona, man. So I, I, I would, I would love, I would love to play it. I would love to play it. I'm, I'm all for a game, a Persona game on PC. The only fact is, it's just a game to sell to the audience, man, on such a big budget. How do I, how do I pay? How, how do I say what Persona Five is by saying, uh, I'll. Say what? It is. Uh, imagine if I had to sell Persona Five to you, it would be like imagine if uh, Inception and Death Note had a baby, and Spider Man and Pokemon had a baby, and the babies of these two people had a baby together. That be that's the best way I can describe it to you. Wow. I don't know if that's uh, yeah, that's the <laughs> <clear> that, <laughs> um, that is how nuts this franchise is. I don't know if the PC audience would be willing to invest. 120 hours of gameplay in something that is so fucking weird. No, I played it on. I mean, PC. Stop. If people yeah. have, uh, you know, if people have invested 120 hours on, you know, 100 plus hours on various other games out there, like, um, you know, Witcher 3, which I know Witcher 3 is like a sta- like a full-on RPG, but it had some of its own inner elements to it. Like, if people are ready to invest in stuff like that, I think. There would be like a cult fan base that would definitely invest their time and money in a game like Persona Five on the P, oh Persona Six on the PC if there's a Persona Six. I know I would, but what I'm hopeful for is, I'm pretty sure people will love dancing Persona Six dancing. Get that on PC if nothing yeah. else. Yeah, just dance. Yeah, dancing. just dance. Let's get dancing. I don't care your Shin Megami Tensei like with your fucking depressing and symbolic plot your persona with your crazy ass death note inception plot just give me dancing yeah i kill uh, oh, 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 or maybe a mix of both <laughs> i don't mind that either yeah, I, <laughs> I, love a, I love a new game though for person one pc though yeah all things being serious yes atlas is too talented you know not being known can you believe these guys have been in business for 25 years and it's only last year that they've been known towards the mainstream crowd Really? Yeah, only in the mainstream crowd because Persona 5 was the first game, I think, to be nominated for the Game of the Year award. Wow, That's okay. when they got into mainstream fame. But they've been they have been in the business for 30 years. Wow. And they've been very prolific. Yeah. So they're too talented a developer to like not be noticed for long. Like it's yeah. it's their time. So they getting are, on to the PC like is on, the biggest thing today. They're on another level of notice me senpai. <laughs> yeah, they're on. They're literally like they're, there's Final Fantasy doing it, Kingdom Hearts doing it. These guys are like, God, God, why can't you guys just notice us? But one company that gets noticed a lot, despite its meh performance, is BioWare. Uh, I'm a oh boy! Yeah, we're here. We're here. Uh, rumor will suggests that BioWare had sort of rebooted. Dragon Age, which I find, to be honest, I find not hard to believe because uh, three, four months ago, Mike Laidlaw, who was the director for Dragon Age Inquisition and supposed to be on board for this game, had left Bioware. And the current producer, Mabdara, is looking on both Anthem and Dragon Age. And I believe Anthem is the one to come out first, which has been pushed to 2019. So we don't know when the next Dragon Age is going to come. And it can be anything. The rumor suggests that it's going to be rebooted and feature some live multiplayer features. Something content. like that. Live a major content. focus. 
but but i would have stopped here but just recently before starting this podcast uh i found out that casey hudson had tweeted saying that this is not the case and the game will still be heavily story focused i'm leaving it out to you guys to believe whatever you want to believe about i mean it who knows what if it's not dragon age for what if it might be a remaster that's no, also po- i don't think so no no i don't no. i mean it's po- the next dragon age is they've said that oh they actually no. said that oh okay fine yeah 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 and we also know who's working is patrick weeks uh, i'm sure i'm not familiar with this person uh, if you play dragon age question uh, he was the guy who wrote the uh, the part with the political part what what is what is it called wicked eyes wicked hearts the one when uh-huh. you're uh, basically uh, in the party and you're like finding out all these different people speaking or was it called in hushed whispers whatever that was clearly the best part of inquisition and the tres he also wrote the trespasser deals ah so i think like from the story part we can be a bit full but again uh dragon is inquisition as much as i want to love that game the game's combat is refreshing i love the combat where they improved on it story was kind of good but up until the first part where curifius literally introduces himself curifius so, is the biggest example of wasted potential exactly like yeah. you introduce a character who delivers a line like uh, i have seen the throne of god i have, I have seen the throne of god seed Yeah. Break, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, that line is crazy. Like that I, that line took everyone over. Like I remember the week of playing Dragon Age and literally everyone was just speaking about that line over and over again because yeah. It's when, funny how when you said uh, that line and I immediately like I immediately got what you meant when you said the line that Corypheus did because like, it's exactly. that iconic See, to me. That it's that iconic even though Inquisition right. is a very mediocre game and it still is. Right. And regarding the life part, uh, BioWare has tried well with their life part, with their microtransactions being a like a really hard cap on players and right. their currencies and everything. But then again, there are people who use cheat engine to like you right. know bypass that right. and completely get everything right. in the first hour. So um, the thing is, no matter how much life content they try to implement. If they focus on the story, they can salvage it. But Dragon Age just lives and dies by its story. Yeah, no other way to put it. Right. I mean, we have a game like Gotham Dragon Age, like freaking Origins, the best, still the best. The best. It is so good. The characters. Uh, one other thing I'm hopeful for this is Patrick Weeks also wrote three characters to himself. Like he had complete control over these characters: Cole, oh, Iron Bull, and Solus. These were his creations, and, and we and we already know how Solus ended up by the end. By the way, yeah, uh, yeah. By the way, uh, do you know that Cole, like you know that Cole foreshadowed in his rhymes all, all the events that happened in Dragon Age, right? Yeah, I did not know that actually. I did not. Yeah, he does in his, in his poems and everything. He all the characters think and all the events that will be happening, and he tells the truth about Solus in in form of a riddle. Right. Yeah, that part I is, didn't know. Yeah, and what is funny is he mixes this up with other foreshadowing, which is not related to this world, but is related to many movies and pop culture with famous twists. Right. Uh, yeah, he creates. He 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 foreshadows the ending of Fight Club. He says something like, uh, "To create the man, he became the other man," and stuff like that. 
he foreshadows the ending of uh, the usual suspects he foreshadows all these movies with twist endings and he mixes solus's characters in that so this is the level of genius we're talking about patrick weeks as the writing which is exactly. the which is what is keeping me hopeful for this and the fact that uh due to the delaying of anthem it gives them plenty of time to just work on dragon age and just make it as good take however long you want just make like, it yeah good. exactly like i do not get the part the developers it. and public and developers and publishers think yeah. it will be like okay to release a game without proper developers I do not. I think I think it's like the publishers thing because I we did have a discussion about this like you know yeah, we spoke about uh, Tom yeah, Clancy's I, I, I uh, know. division and uh, Siege being rushed Siege. out right and uh, where the publishers are like hey this is a trend throw it out now where that's not the way yeah. to do it just take give it the time and voila you're going to have an insane game later on Yeah. Right. So again, uh, but the thing is like especially with how trouble how many changes happened to Dragon Dragon Age to uh, Inquisition had a lot of changes as well. It was never meant to come out in uh, back like the previous last gen consoles, right? And if you saw the initial trailer, they had this whole thing about weather changing about drastic effects where you could poison the forts and like you could destroy a, a whole you can lay siege and everything which all had to be removed due to them having to move to back forward uh, like uh, have to cater to the last gen consoles. And also uh, they they were new to the frostbite system. which is all the things i believe should not be an issue this time around like if you think yeah, dragon inquisition yeah, yeah. the fact that it came out and it was even moderately good was an achievement for bioware in my opinion with the See, i don't i don't get the point of uh, ea trying to you know make games on the uh, frostbite engine like all of their games i i understand it's a very impressive engine like it's hmm. probably one of the better engines out there but it's one of the creators of one of the creators of, uh, of, yeah. of dragon even said it like no it was one of the uh, person who, on star wars who was working on uh, visceral he's like when it works it works like a formula 1 car emphasis on when it works yeah exactly but yeah. here's the thing it works on like you know proper fps games this is right this exactly made by dice this was made by dice not a engine for every other game so i don't get the point of them like you know making <laughs> it's it doesn't make any sense honestly right uh, but we must have deviated a bit uh, on this uh, again focus like they said the mark dara is looking at both anthem and dragon age and he's shifting his focus towards anthem which makes sense but anthem obviously very focused on life storytelling uh when this rumor surfaced do you think this is also something that they're planning with dragon age bioware is doubling with doubling the efforts for anthem right which makes sense it, anthem is the game that's going to come out for yeah it, it might hamper the with uh, dragon age also I don't think so. I I honestly because it happens in the company a lot. Yeah, is pushing. Yeah, is pushing BioWare for the release Anthem. I know. See, no, no, no. this is a thing that happens. It's very common in the development where when you have a certain deadline, uh most of your people are pulled from other projects to work on that. It has happened with Witcher, which is why Cyberpunk was delayed. It has happened with many games. I don't think that is going to be a issue with Dragon Age. Let me just put that thing here. Oh uh, yeah, Anna, you were saying something. Yeah, but, uh, like when multiple games are in development cycle under the same studio, I don't think that kind of becomes a problem for the game that is going to come out later on. Um, right. 
what I would say, like what I would like to see how much they have improved on their previous content in the development cycle of Dragon Age 4. We if, have nothing so far, do we? Yeah, exactly. But we have development cycle like that was that was crap from the previous games. Right. If they can implement these things in this game and make it a proper thing, now that they have, now that you, they have said it's a reboot. I hope it's a reboot. Like, you know, what since, was no? I, what was hopeful was Mike Laidlaw clearly said he clearly admitted that he wished a lot of things were different with Dragon Age Inquisition, and he clearly stated the Witcher influence for all the things that went right with the game as compared and he clearly admitted that was a superior game in every respect and we hope to learn more from games like those which had me very very hopeful but then he straight up leaves bioware moments ago feels bad yeah like yeah. that kind of happens with a lot of companies i think right. there was, like we won't get to see we won't get to learn anything that happened inside since it's definitely like, which hurts me because i've been uh, so i've been following all, all of the Mike Claydla, I follow Dara, I follow Patrick Weeks, I even follow Alexis Kennedy, who was here as a freelance writer. And I could pretty much see how excited Mike Laidlaw was for this game, which which had me more hopeful than anybody. Clearly, they were very passionate about the game that they were working on, which above everything counts for me. And you can see, you can see Dragon Age Inquisition 2 was a labor of despite all the constraints, you can see people really enjoy making that game yeah no, and again you would love playing that game right one thing that dragon age inquisition does better than any other high fantasy game out there even like i would go out on a limb and say even monster hunter or like games like dragon's dogma in that part the dragon is the dragons oh my king god they are brilliant hmm. all the dragons they are brilliant like brilliantly done, properly. And I love the foreshadowing that comes to them. Like the the people clearly said, "Do you really want?" Like it's, it's uh, the, the characters have a banter before you even reach a dragon. Yeah. Okay. This banter again. The banter. You mentioned a very interesting part that I noticed when you reach. I think the desert area. I, I keep forgetting the name of that area. Yeah, yeah, the desert but, area. I remember the sand area. But I I know the name of the dragon there. It's called the Abyssal High Dragon, right? So, right. as soon as you enter about 10 to 15 meters inside the first desert area, you see the Abyssal High Dragon flying over you. If you have Iron Bull in your party with you, as soon as the dragon flies over you, Iron Bull just stops, turns around, stares at you and says, Boss, tell me we're gonna fight that thing. We are gonna fight that thing, aren't we, boss? Right. That, like, imagine that kind of content in Dragon Age Inquisition. And then it fails spectacularly, like the main quest, because it's so fucking disappointing. And okay, they salvaged it with Trespasser and Jaws of Harkon and all of that, but again, focus on things. This is like a PSA for all the developers out there. Please stop listening to your fucking publishers. I don't care. Like, stop. Publishers should not dictate your development cycle. Period. This needs right. to stop. Be your own publisher. Yeah, like Digital Extremes did that. Warframe did that. Look how good of a game that is right now. I mean, a lot of games actually did that. I mean, even indie games. Indie games actually do that and they actually succeed really well. Like, Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't want to give this example because I've already given it like a million times. 
but TDLC by one like one team team Salvato its own publisher and became like a cult classic that also got nominated in uh, IGN's... I don't think TDLC is the writing to start okay. talking but uh, uh, I don't okay. think a game that uh, that is uh, built on that has the same level of constraints as a 200 300 million dollar project and this yeah. true I mean yeah I mean, I'm just yeah. giving I'm just giving example of an yeah. indie game yeah. like that yeah wait uh, what are the triple A games okay never mind we just think too much on this and Don't go down. Yeah, exactly. No, it goes to that. It goes to the same thing as the Witcher and the person. Oh yeah, Witcher, the CD project, right? Yeah, I think that that would be yeah. the best example. That would be the best example. Which, which, which goes in this, and most of the Japanese games, who pretty much take like ten years to come out, but you always see there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of love when it comes. It, it's it's a thing. If you're a it's, fan of JRPG, it's worth the wait, basically. Like, yeah, it's always you. You're all very. You always anticipate. You know it's going to take ten years long. But you're pretty much hopeful because you know the end product is going to be fucking amazing. That's how it is. I would rather have that because it makes everything feel like an event. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that pretty much sums it up for our topics. And but before ending it, I would like to say something spooky, a little spooky thing that happened last month with gaming. I wouldn't normally come over it, but Natsuki from a Discord channel. Quartz goes by the name of Quartz. Brought it to my attention, and I believe it's worth sharing. All yeah. right. By the way, guys, we are always open to uh, in, uh, interaction like this. So if you always have something to share and put it on a podcast, feel free to join our Discord and like. Oh, yeah. By the way, so, we have a wait, wait before. To, sorry to interrupt you, 